0: The upper middle class city boy. I'm like, I'd rather (laughs) not read that one.
1: (laughs) Auto what? Auto
2: what? What? Auto what?
1: Auto what? Auto what?
0: It's another episode of the Auto What podcast. My name is Avad Bashir and I'm here with Atrell and Keegan On, the other co-hosts of the Auto Watch podcast. Notice how I mentioned the name twice so you didn't forget what you're listening to. <laughs> We're sitting here with Alex Paliga.
2: Hi.
0: It's written as Alexandra but you said you're okay with Alex? Yeah. We're sticking with Alex. Uh, do you want to Keegan, do you want to explain our 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 Brand new segment Oh yeah
3: I forgot to tell you We have this new segment Where our guest um, Scores the intro So you're going to score him On, um, on his, how his intro was uh, It's not
4: what, that hey, new. new Yeah It's <laughs> no, no, <laughs> <you. laughs> a great
3: I said brand new
0: But in all fairness that, That's not part of the intro I said that afterwards Yeah As Okay let's, let's rate it So but, That aside
3: Yeah If you had to give him a score out of 10 Based on 8 Eight. Eight. Ooh, I'll, wow. take, I'll, take I'll take the eight. I think Amon takes the lead now. I, yeah, but for sure, your average is still terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I got a one once and I got a nine once. Yeah. That's true. So, whatever that average is. <laughs> <I'm> no mathematician. Fine.
0: No mathematician. So, uh, Alex, uh, we're excited to have you on the podcast. We want to hear all about what you do. You're a pathologist, but we'll get into that. Uh, But first, Rob, do you want to talk about the beer?
1: Absolutely. This week, we have a beer from the Railway City Brewing Company, which is called Double Dead Elephant. This is another strong beer. It's an Imperial IPA, uh, 7.5%. So why don't you guys uh, try it out and let me know what you think. Sure. So uh, this is apparently their tribute to Jumbo, the largest elephant in the world, and one of the attractions of the P.T. Barnum Circus. Uh... Yeah,
3: it's bitter. It is bitter. <laughs> it is bitter. Uh, it doesn't come up in a while on the podcast, but I don't like beer. <laughs> we haven't been drinking beer for a while. Yeah, that's podcast. true. Keegan's been training, and oh yeah, uh, I haven't drank beer in a while. But, yeah, that's right. I dislike it. Yeah. In general, this is okay. This no. stuff's pretty good. No, no you, this is pretty good. I, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> It, I, I get that. It is bitter. It has a strong
1: aftertaste, but I, I like it. Uh, what's your percentage again? 7.5. Oh. But It'll it will do the trick. <laughs> there's a $1 refund if you return the bottle to the brewery. Well, it's nice. a big bottle. So that's something. It's really heavy, too. It's like a wine bottle. But so, Yeah, this this elephant actually was apparently killed in a railroad accident. Uh-uh. Yeah, Jumbo. <laughs> the elephant it's named after. <laughs> King, King is, is upset. Up, on the
3: bottle? What
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, the, on the, the picture is an elephant on the train tracks. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs>
4: anyway. Why is he double dead? That they shoot I don't him? know. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just to be sure, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: good. Uh, so anyway, I, I would uh, I guess the the test is always: Would you buy it again? I would buy it again. Yeah, I'd buy it. Yep. No, Keegan. Nah, deals? probably I not. Know. not, not uh, let's be honest here. <laughs> i being diplomatic. That's it. Uh, okay, anyway. There's the, the beer. We'll be drinking that. Um, so, Alice. Yeah. Uh, we have you on this podcast because you a, are a you are a pathologist.
4: Uh, no, I'm a pathology resident.
0: I'm glad we are correct. So that. many caveats. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This has happened before. Yeah. Uh, so... Okay, first of all, I, I mean... I do want to get into the, what a pathologist does because we're all very confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, but could you talk about maybe your background in terms of what got you into the field and what it, what training it took to get into being a pathologist? Okay, resident, Resident.
4: <laughs> I already forgot. Yeah. So just to clarify, what a resident is. So a resident is a, like a doctor in training. And the term resident comes from the fact that doctors in training essentially are at the hospital all the time, so they reside at the hospital. <laughs> Back ah. in the days, they used to like just sleep there all the time.
0: Oh, so you don't sleep there?
4: Uh, no, <laughs> uh, not currently. But there are residents that do sleep at the hospital, wow. like every third night or so. Okay, um,
3: and that's like an official term. It sounds like an like a nickname. Like ah, oh, she's our resident. <laughs>
4: No, it's an yeah, official that's like what term. They
3: call it? yeah. yeah, it's, it's hardcore. <laughs> it's
4: official. <laughs> okay. um, so, in terms of what got me to Ottawa, I was actually born in Calgary, um, and uh, eventually, my dad took a job in Ottawa, so we moved here when I was in grade three, and I've been here ever since. Um, so, after doing high school, I did a biochemistry degree at University of Ottawa, uh, and then I. Uh, Like I lied. So I I did actually leave for four (laughs) years and then I came back. So I went to McGill University for medical school and Uh, then came back to Ottawa to do my anatomic pathology residency. Uh, So the way it works is when it's sort of like you apply to med school and then you match to a med school. So I, I got into McGill and then for residency, you pick a specialty in medicine. And so it can be like pathology, surgery, medicine family medicine and then you like it's a whole another application and then there's like a, a match so like if a program likes you and you like them then you're a match and i luckily huh. matched to ottawa so okay that's what brought me back
0: cool sounds a lot like dating
4: uh yeah
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> speed dating
0: speed dating yeah just like a ranking yes yeah, so that's fair yeah. okay so that's cool now Okay, so we know how you got here. Now, what is pathology? Because when I hear pathology, I automatically go to the speech pathology. I don't know what you guys, but that's the first yeah. thing. It's the first link that's being made. <laughs> There's something going on outside, and yeah. I don't know
4: what. It's raining.
0: it's raining. The rain makes everyone upset. That's it. Uh, wow. Okay. So, so yes, yeah, so what is pathology?
4: So, pathology, <laughs> if you were to look at a dic- like, open a dictionary, apparently it's uh, the study of suffering. And so, pathology oh. is the study of human suffering, if you were to take it literally.
3: Okay. Um, Which you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I Because, <hope. laughs> <we're
2: doing> <laughs> <study. laughs>
4: at the end of the day, disease is suffering, and medicine is about disease. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's not completely inaccurate. Right, sure. Uh, so b- back in the days, uh, what pathologists did or like the original pathologists, was they would study human disease and then help other the sort of the other doctors treat human disease. Though it was sort of all meshed together and all doctors did everything, but now it's sort of more so specialized Okay. So, um, so by, so the original pathologist Predominantly did uh, autopsies and then learned from the autopsies about like where how disease evolves so if someone died of a cancer and then you did an autopsy you would learn like where where it went yeah. um, and then also it's like a huge learning tool to do an autopsy because oh, yeah. if uh, someone dies of an unknown cause then you can open them up and essentially do this surgical procedure per se and tell what went wrong and wow. um, by either like looking at the organs themselves um, and seeing like if a blood vessel burst or a, or a, the stomach burst or something like you can look for like obvious things that you can visually see but you can also look for you can take the tissue and look under the microscope and then look for things that are invisible to the eye right. um, and specifically nowadays with imaging you can look under the microscope for things that may be like the CT scan didn't catch or right. um, you didn't see um, on okay. radiologic.
3: Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, images. I get that.
4: So, uh, and then, so pathology over time, pathologists, uh, so back in the day did predominantly autopsies, but then as the lab became more important and then as, Uh, people were living longer and we got much better at treating cancers and other diseases, Uh, pathologists moved more towards diagnosing illness. So now most pathologists diagnose, do cancer diagnoses. So if you have a growth on you, like say on your skin or in your stomach or like a mass or a lump anywhere in your body, often what will happen is uh, the, a doctor will take a small piece of it and send it to the lab and then we get it and uh, we process it and we look under the microscope and we say, yeah, this has the potential to act very aggressively and it needs to be cut out immediately or it needs chemo. Or we say, no, this is nothing. It can stay there. If you want, you can take it out for cosmetic reasons, but it's not. it has no potential to hurt whoever it came from. And okay. so we can tell by the way the cells look about like how it's going to act and then also when if someone gets that unfortunate diagnosis of cancer and then they have an organ removed or a piece of their body removed for that so let's say they get their prostate or their breast removed then we get that breast or that prostate in the lab and then someone like me would Or a a technologist would get that tissue and then we'd like, if let's say it's a breast, we would um, take photos, measure, and then we would cut the breast up and then select which pieces need to be looked at under the microscope so that we can come up with a report that's then going to tell the treating doctor how... Progress the cancer is, and then how it's what kind of drugs it might respond to, and oh, then Lord. how bad the cancer is like is going to act based on like previous people that had similar looking tumors. Mm-hmm. So we have to measure, and then we have to look like how, like, what do the borders look like, and then is it attacking nearby tissue, is it strangulating the nerves, is it going into the blood vessels, and then how much has it spread essentially. Wow. So then we put that all together, and we write, like, a five-page report saying, like, what it looked like, and then we can do special stains. um, Because for certain cancers, like breast cancer, if it's HER2-positive, then you can take a a drug like Herceptin, and then those patients do a lot better than if they don't get that drug. But if your tumor is not Herceptin-positive, then the drug doesn't help you, for instance. So, like, we can do special tests and say this is like a special tumor that will likely respond to this type of treatment, et cetera. Oh, so that makes sense. and then and yeah. So that's what most pathologists do it nowadays. But there are like different subtypes. So there's like forensic pathologists and they only they're they like essentially only do autopsies and then it's like suspicious deaths. And then there's but then there's surgical pathologists which do solid tumor diagnosis mostly, um, and then there's, you know, you could do kidney biopsies for, like, medical reasons, so you can, not necessarily like, cancer diagnosis pathologists that try to find out why someone's kidneys are failing,
2: okay.
4: um, and there's hematopathologists, which are, like, blood cancers, and so mm-hmm. forth. So, there's, like, different subsets, and usually you choose one or two organs that you specialize in. Yeah,
0: So being a resident have you specialized yet
4: uh no so being a resident my i switch every month so every month i'm a different type of like subspecialist okay. so um so this month i'm actually on medical kidney so that's why it came to mind right. <laughs> uh, and then last month i was on forensic pathology and like the month before that i was on gi so sure. gi okay. is like stomach and colon okay. Um, And then the month before that, I was, like, on breast. Essentially, I'd switch every month. And Mm -hmm. then the cancers are all, like, in each tissue, there's, like, a different name of the game. So some, like, areas of the body are just more prone to cancer. So it's more about finding the cancer diagnosis, while others are less. Um, And then in each body, like, in each section of your body or organ, the the tumors look different and there's like a whole new classification. So even though when, like if someone tells you they have lung cancer, there are like, I don't know, 20, 30, like different types that like, um, like there's subtypes and subtypes that look differently. um, And they all be like, they can all behave quite differently. So it, it can be a cancer and then whether or not it's small or big and the subtype, it can have complete meaning. So you could have a tumor that was removed and technically, like it was a cancer, but you are cured and nothing will ever happen. Or you could have one and you probably won't do very well because it's like an aggressive type. So that
0: yeah. So are, are you leaning towards one particular stream?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm leaning towards um, do, being a leukemia lymphoma um, That's cool. specialist. Okay. okay neat. And cool. so I'm actually uh, going to Portland next year for fellowship training. Oh, wow. So um, the way our training looks is that you do the four years of med school, then you do five years of residency, and then for every, like, then almost everyone has to subspecialize in at least one or two things. Yeah. So you do, like, one full year of just breast or one full year of just lung. And I'm going to do one full year of just bone marrow and lymph nodes, okay. essentially. And yeah,
3: five years of residency—that so, was long. Yeah. yeah, so that was your choice to
1: go into leukemia.
4: Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. mostly, I'm just interested in the research aspect of it, and um, yeah, I find it very interesting. Cool. Huh.
3: Alex, the way the way you were describing pathology, it sounds like you, uh, pathologists, may not have as much contact with patients or interacting with patients as. Other doctors, so that, is that fair?
4: Yeah, so that's really fair. And so that's why I think a lot of people don't know what pathologists do and they don't realize the important role uh, they, play, they play in patient di- diagnosis and, um, and in cancer treatment as well. And so actually, the Canadian Pathology Association has started like an ad campaign to try to build awareness called mypathologist.ca. Oh, and cool. That
0: sounds familiar. Yeah. I've seen
4: that somewhere. Okay, Have you? Mm-hmm. it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so you can look up and pathologists talk about their bios and what they do, uh, because a lot of people just aren't aware that we exist. And mm-hmm. if um, and if anyone ever takes a biopsy or a piece of you and they send it off somewhere, there is uh, there is a pathologist that looks at that and has written a report. And uh, yeah. And, Hopefully it won't be important for you to know
1: that, but, uh, yeah, it exists. Okay. Cool. Uh, can I ask you a question that's probably going to come out of left field? But, uh, I, when the, when the show house was on, I watched it and I love that show. I loved yeah. watching the diagnosis and I know that it's not necessarily accurate with reality, but, uh, is there in diagnosis, do you go through that like A sort of process of elimination?
4: Is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely, like, what I love about pathology is that it's a puzzle. Like, every case, you essentially, like, you read the clinical history and so you know that the clinicians are confused about something or they're not sure and that's why they're taking a biopsy often or they suspect something and then you're the first one to take it under the microscope and you look at it and you're like, huh, and sometimes it's, like, easy, like, black and white, oh, you know, it's this. But sometimes you really don't know and you just see, like, this, your, your cell, like the cells in your body reacting to something or, um, and you sort of have to piece it together with what you know from the clinical and what you're seeing and, um, and there is like you eliminate diagnoses based on tests you order so it sort of is like that. Um, you have you don't have, like, in-house what was inaccurate is that you essentially have one patient and it seems yeah. like you have
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> all the yeah. time in the world to figure it out. And yeah, that's that the is. only thing you're worried about. Uh, the reality is, like, you have, like, tons of cases and reports right. to write. But what I like about pathology, though, is that you do have the flexibility to take the slide or the case aside and, you know, sit on it or, like, go home and read about it or ask your colleagues. Uh, So there's a lot of, like, there's, it's easier I find than, like, being a family doctor and a patient comes to you and you have to deal with that problem right there and then and come up with a plan. Um, I found that very difficult. I like that I have the option to just, um, that if I'm not sure I can think about it or walk across the hallway and, like, ask someone or... Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
3: That's really cool. <laughs> that is really cool.
0: So, you know, uh, beyond your immediate colleagues, you find yourself working with a number of different types of medical specialists, or is it mainly just, you know, things are sent to you, you guys work among a team of your, your own type of pathologists, and then you sort of send it back out?
4: Uh, no, that's a really good question. We do, uh, work with the clinicians a lot, so that's why, um, pathologists are, are sometimes referred to as a doctor's doctor, because mm. the clinicians are calling you to ask you, like, what the biopsy showed, um, what do you think, etc. Mm. And, um, we go to tumor boards a lot, so what tumor boards are is that, um, for uh, a lot of cancer cases, all the physicians from different specialties like get together to discuss like a, a complex case. So the pathologist will come, the radiologist will come, and then the oncologist and maybe the radiation oncologist will come. So the person giving the chemo, the person giving the radiation, and the person that did like the imaging scans and the person that died, like looked at the tissue, yeah. and we all discuss and talk about like what is the best approach to treat this patient and like we right. give our own opinions
0: and is that all in person
4: uh yeah yeah so we all like it's you, tumor boards for each organ happen like once a week so like breast tumor boards are once a week and then stomach gi tumor really? boards are once a week and then long, yeah i i like so, that a lot that's something yeah. i had never heard of before yeah. that's that's fantastic yeah so um that especially like in academic tertiary centers, that's yeah. definitely the case that um, yeah. that happens. So that's cool. Lamar. Almost every case is discussed with a group instead of it's just one person deciding. It's the group decides. Right,
0: yeah. that makes a lot of sense.
4: Yeah,
0: great. Uh, so well, let's let's continue. But uh, first, why don't we jump to our sponsor? Sure. Who's your sponsor
1: this week? Actually, our sponsor this week is kind of interesting. It's actually an anonymous patron. Oh, wow, that's nice. Who, has, who just wanted us to read a message for the losing mayoral candidate, Robert White.
3: What? Well, one of the losing. There were a lot. But, this, the, <laughs> but
1: one in particular. <laughs> this message is for the one losing candidate in particular. Uh, viewers may remember White, or I guess watchers, may remember White for his tough-on-crime stance or for promising to leave this backwater of a city if not elected. Uh <laughs> We here at Ottawa definitely echo the sentiments of our sponsor this week, wishing Mr. White a speedy departure, and we also hope that he remembers to bring his 0.7% of the vote with him.
3: (laughs) 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 Snap. Yeah, that's crazy. It's watching us 76% versus... McGuire's yeah 18% yeah, oh, yeah oh, pretty much true. everyone else was 0. .7 yeah, or no, lower
0: that's <laughs> for sure but you know who makes that
3: statement that's true you're, like, you're setting yourself up <laughs>
0: that's the thing
3: <laughs> well anyway whoever
0: this anonymous donor is uh, we gave the message yeah. thank you for your thank you money I assume yeah.
1: generous contribution <laughs> like contribution, yeah, that that a contribution. <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh, so
0: Alex huh. No? I don't know if we completely t- touched on it in terms of like what got you to become the a pathologist okay. resident <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That, that fun. I'm not being rated on this uh, uh, so yeah so why don't we, we we touch a bit on what got you into that specific field what made you maybe help helped you along the lines of choosing the leukemia type and then whether you considered other things
4: um so the first one whether i considered other things yes i definitely did going into med school i wasn't sure what i wanted to be or do and i switched plans for subspecialty quite a bit um i actually like i knew i was interested in cancer and for a time i thought about being a radiation oncologist which is A doctor that treats cancers with radiation. So, um, what you do is like it's kind of complex, but you take like scans of of patients, and then like you draw out areas of tumor that you want to target, and then using like physics and like lasers, you like plan on how you're gonna melt, try to melt the tumor away.
3: Sounds awesome. (laughs) Sounds badass. (laughs)
4: So, so, um, and I. And I liked it because I was—I'm very mathematically inclined. I liked physics, and and then it's a bit visual as well because you're like mapping areas and looking at images. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also seeing patients, so I, I like that aspect too. Uh, however, um, there was a couple things that happened. One, I did a research project, and uh, we collaborated with pathologists, and I loved being. a doing that research project I realized I really like being in the lab and I like sort of being in the in the back lines or not necessarily being at the front of treatment um I had a a patient or a few patients that like I had to give bad news to um and I found that very difficult Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, so that made me hesitant or definitely more hesitant about being an oncologist because I like I didn't take it well um so there was that aspect um and then I I was research inclined and I thought pathologists it's I thought it would be easier to do research because you actually see the tumor and then you also have I felt more free time than uh oncologists because you're not doing night shifts and you're not covering patients in the hospital overnight and you're not covering weekend shifts and so you have your evenings and your weekends free. Ah. Uh, so it's more like a nine to five lab job. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you do sometimes do like overnight call where you're like covering the lab, but you're just answering questions on the phone. You don't have a, a sick patient that you have to come in and see.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, so I, I like I like that aspect. So I thought um, I would be able to do like more more research and I'd have... There was also that lifestyle aspect. Um, I thought it would be, uh, like, emotionally less affecting for me. I could sort of... It's, like, easier to make a cancer diagnosis if you don't have to see the patient and tell them after. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's... You can treat it more academically and sort of live in that bubble. So there was definitely that aspect that I liked of it. Okay. Um, And then in terms of uh, why the blood cancers, uh, again, more research-related, but... Uh, I just felt that the blood cancers are mo- most likely the first cancer to be cured uh, or that potentially could be cured in, like, my lifetime. And, um, and like, I don't want to get into, like, the complexities of it, but yeah. I think they're curable, and I would like to be involved in that research mm-hmm. or, like, in the, the group of people that are going to work towards that. And, um, and I also uh, – they, they do, like, a lot of molecular – Um, studies in blood cancers, like blood cancers are just more amenable to doing molecular tests on because it's not like a solid tumor that has like vessels and like nerves and other things stuck in it. You have like liquid tumor cells that you can like put through machines and analyze versus like a solid cancer, there's like all this other cells and junk stuck in there. Ah. So like it's really hard to extract the DNA of just the tumor and solid tumors. Well, with liquid tumors, they're just much, like, they're easier to isolate and, like, sure. do tests on. And so that's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, yeah, know. That makes a lot of sense. So, so
1: cool. the research that you're looking to, like, uh, I assume in your fellowship you're going to be working some with patients, but you're also hoping to do some research separately.
4: So I'm not... I don't see patients anymore. Right. Um, I only, like I hear about patients and then I talk to the clinicians that see the patients, but I often don't see them myself. Uh, I I do clinical work in that like the vast majority of my time is spent on dealing with specimens for patients and writing reports. So it's not like research, which is, it's not so clinical. Mm -hmm. Um, In my fellowship, I'm going to be doing mostly clinical, but then on my evenings, weekends, free time, I can do research and I'll be given, like, the tools to be able to do it, like access to patient specimens and then access to the lab equipment, and, and then I have a good understanding of the lab equipment and how it works, and and then since you're, you talk to the oncologist so you know their needs and, like, what they're interested in, so. Great.
3: Right. Cool. Nice. you just want to talk about autopsies? I think that. Oh yeah. That's something that's
4: <laughs> yeah. <really cool.
3: laughs> yeah. Because can I tell a story? I there was a I'm, I'm concerned already. There's a dead raccoon on my lawn like oh, last yeah. winter. This is like gonna be summer. bad. It's And bad. I was like, I yeah, will just like pick it up and put it in the garbage or something. I'll do something with it. And so I put a glove on. I went outside and I like just like touched the tail and like freaked out really hard. I couldn't even like touch it. And I would never think that, that that would be something that I couldn't do.
2: Really? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: but I was like, ah, oh, it's a raccoon,
3: <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it was dead, but, um, yeah.
4: Did you associate with raccoons? Off?
3: No, it didn't. I, like, oh, barely even pulled it. Like,
4: I, but r- it was just like,
3: it used to be alive and now it's not. Oh, uh, yeah. I was scared, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. so, so, how was, how do you find autopsies?
4: <laughs> so, autopsies take. Definitely getting used to. Mm-hmm. I used to be scared of dead bodies too. Yeah. Um so I'm uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: <Nice. laughs> you feels validated.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> However, like going through med school, you like med school trains you to have a very like sort of be very logical and then like try to rid yourself of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um like, in the nicest way possible. But, like, yeah. sometimes, like, you you can't, like, be like, ew, that's gross, I'm yeah. not touching that. Right. Like, that's
3: yeah. just... You don't want your doctor to
4: do that. No. <laughs> <Is> that you? <laughs> what's that? That's, like, unacceptable. And <laughs> it doesn't help you get anywhere. It doesn't get you from A to B. So, you know, you just... You know, you have to look at it, like, what's the goal? What am I trying to accomplish? And how do I do that the best and fastest way? Yeah. And so, with autopsies, I always find the, like... You know, hearing the story is always very upsetting, and then I find it difficult to see the body.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but uh, essentially, you're there for a purpose. Uh, usually, the purpose is to find out why the person died, but not always. Sometimes it's to answer like a loved one's question about like what did this person like, why did they have trouble breathing, or um, is there a genetic condition there that I could mm-hmm. potentially inherit? But mm-hmm. Most often the question is, why did this person die? And so you're there to find that out. And uh, we have uh, really good technicians that uh, help us do autopsies. And, um, so what you do when you do an autopsy is so like you do an external exam and it depends too if it's a hospital or a forensic autopsy because uh, oh. you're asked, because hospital autopsies are for people in the hospital that have died and had a complex clinical history versus forensic is someone that died at home unexpectedly right. and it could either be in a car accident or there could be a hanging or it could be something suspicious. And so then it's different. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I'm sort of diverging. But, yes, yeah. autopsies are hard, <laughs> specifically the external body. Yeah. But once you remove the organs and you're – like, I always just try to think of, like, what is my purpose here? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, and I try to just move – like, there's, like you – know, I always look at the adrenals first. Then I look at the kidneys. Then I look at the bladder. Then I flip it over. And then I look at this and that. And so I just have a process that I'm going through in my mind. Um When I started, I used to emotionalize it more. So like I would have like a human heart in my hand and I'd be like looking at the coronary arteries, but then you start thinking, oh my God, this person's heart was beating yesterday. They didn't know they'd be dead. And then yes, I would get faint and like really hot, but, um, but you just like, you have to eliminate those thoughts and just, uh, be like, you know, you have a purpose um, and do it as quickly and professionally and efficiently as possible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so.
0: Can you give us an idea of approximately how many auto- autopsies you've done?
4: Oh, I've only done like fifty. Um, so only, so only behalf- fifty? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, but no
0: big
2: deal. Yeah.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to pass, so to be an anatomic pathologist, at the end of my training, I will be allowed to do autopsies, mm-hmm. and the minimum you have to do is fifty. Yeah. um to be uh allowed to do them later on okay. um but uh like there's like 4 to 6 autopsies a day in the forensic unit
2: sure.
4: um so like the forensic pathologists they do like hundreds and uh-huh. uh yeah and so depending on like, I've only done three months of autopsy service, so it's not, like, in terms of five years of training, it's, like, a very small part mm-hmm. of my training, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, so, like, yeah, 50, I guess, sounds like a lot, but... <laughs> I guess in the grand scheme. In the grand, grand scheme, relative to, like, other practicing pathologists, not yeah. that much, okay. uh, but, like, it's definitely enough that I'm comfortable now, and I know what I'm looking for, right, and like people are like very close, like they might look completely different from the outside, but like inside, everyone's like things are positioned the same way, and right. all the organs look very similar.
3: Right, so, yeah, it's like poetic, but yeah, really yeah. all the same inside.
4: Yeah, it takes about four hours to do an autopsy. It Doesn't take that long. Four hours. Nice. Four hours. Two, break. two to four.
3: Where you, where you're at at the table or like at the
4: uh, body? well. So, no, that includes, like, the external exam okay. and then, like, yeah. writing some of the report. Um, just at the body, like, it takes me, on average, two hours. Right. That's uh, just doesn't like, like, yeah, that that like,
3: kind of, like a long time to do something without being able to wash yeah. your hands. Like,
4: yeah, so I, that's I feel, hard. Like, get up
3: every 15 minutes. Yeah. Like,
4: <laughs> no, no, you're, you're, you're like, wearing yeah. tons of, like, protective gear. You can't go to the washer right, or anything because, yeah. like, it's... You're throwing out money if you have yeah, to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... You just, like, I really have that mentality where I just want in and out mm-hmm. and figure out what happened, mm-hmm. get it done as quickly as possible. So huh. I don't take breaks or mm-hmm. anything. Do
1: you go through the same so, process for everybody or is it different? Like, is uh, it different depending on what happens? Well, hazard.
4: definitely, like, if it's a suspicious death or, like, a strangulation or something or, like, a shotgun to the head, like, it's going to be different than someone that, like, just was just found dead and mm-hmm. expected heart attack. So like the, especially the external exam can be very different. Um, where um, and then the police often come if it's suspicious and they okay. take photos and stuff and they can take fingerprints. So that that part can be different. Um, but the internal exam, which is the part I'm like usually most responsible mm-hmm. for, is I I do the same thing so I don't ever make a mistake. Okay. Right. So I'm always like. Do this, weigh that, do that. Like I just have like an order of things yeah. that I, I mm-hmm. do the autopsy in. Um, and you just like in your training you learn you you're taught like there's different orders that are right, but you have like one teacher that teaches you their order and you pick right, and right. I yeah. stuck to the one I liked. Yeah, yeah that is really neat. Um, cool. And then you can you can have an open casket after an autopsy. You, can? Is you that can. You said? Yeah, cause I can. Yeah. So a lot of people oh, really? think you can't right and and then families will refuse autopsies cuz they feel that like the body will be disrespected or and it's like we try to do it as professionally and as quickly as possible yeah. and we're and it's really like a surgical procedure and it's to answer questions and also for like med, medical education yeah. purposes yeah. um yeah. so and usually the body is released the exact same day you can still have an open casket and um you know, we we take small little pieces of tissue to look at under the microscope, um, especially if there's something suspicious, but really everything's sort of right. packed back. So
0: who who does... Like, obviously, the job of the pathologist is really to, to do the thorough examination and, and, and things. Who does the, you know, opening up and maybe closing... So the
4: there's a technician that does that? Oh, the technician. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, like, they actually, like... Open the body and then sew it back up after, and and like lift the body. Like, it's like for me, it'd be very heavy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you happen so. to know how one becomes a technician?
4: Uh, there's various routes. Uh, there's lab, uh, there's like lab technologist training you can take, sure. um, and then they can go, go to be technicians. So, I think most people do that, they're lab technologists, but I think there's a Few people that were just like grandfathered in, like they're assisting in the in the lab, yeah, and yeah. then um, they like they need, happen to need someone to help with an autopsy, and they were there and they were comfortable. Like you definitely have to be comfortable with it. Like we have yeah. med students that come in and like will faint. Yeah. So like there is there's definitely different degrees sure. um, of comfort. Like just people. I just think, yeah, some people just have more of a built-in, yeah,
0: for yeah. sure. Well, and, and you yeah. need that, especially. I mean, for both worlds, really. Yeah, but but for, uh, especially I see that for the taxation side because I like your approach in terms of no, it's very technical. It's almost like an internal checklist. Yeah, that's this, what I this, this, this. Yeah, but uh, it's hard to have that checklist when I think you're you're you're. I mean, yeah. you're doing the initial actions and then closing it up, and I don't know. It's 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 mm-hmm. but uh, no, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so why don't we jump to another uh, segment now, um, Keegan? Why don't you tell us what's going down in Bytown?
3: What's going down in Bytown? This is our um, event calendar sorts where we keep our listeners informed as to what is going on uh, in Ottawa. Great. Uh, the Ottawa Redblacks will play their final home game this weekend. This news saddens fans across Ottawa as they will now have to. Drive all the way to Canada to see a local sports team lose. <laughs> that is actually pretty sad. Yeah, they haven't. Yes, the Rams are <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, And yeah, Red Blacks not doing so hot. No but idea.
1: it's the first year. Maybe they can end on a positive note this weekend. Maybe score
3: touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a number of Halloween events are happening this weekend because it is Halloween. Um, there's the Nature Nocturne event that is Halloween themed I tried to go off script there and and got really stuck (laughs) Uh, to a dance there's also a dance at the Ottawa Freedom Center along with everyone's favorite trick-or-treating at Rideau Hall which I've never heard of that's a thing Oh, that's That's definitely a thing cool Uh, speaking of Rideau Hall an insider asked Ottawa to reiterate that a brown birthday suit is not an acceptable costume
1: who would they be referring to? Come on! I think it was just a random call. okay. okay. They,
0: they wanted us to tell you. Let's okay. you know,
3: somebody showed up. I mean, uh, it's also the final weekend for Saunders Farm Haunting season. As a twenty-something middle-class city boy, nothing is scarier to me than the thought of spending any time on a farm. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Have you? you guys ever gone to the farmers market and I think no, giving you his change, your change back? I was like. Meat hooks for hands, like massive <laughs> farmer hands. It's insane. Decades uh, <laughs> of hard labor. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, but also, I went to Saunders Farm yeah. recently. Yeah, last weekend. Yes. How was it? As expensive as 35 bucks.
0: <laughs> it was 35 bucks. We were talking about this yeah. because earlier in the day, we were talking about it because for whatever reason. No. And uh, we thought it was, some people were saying it was like 15. I'm like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd do that for 15. But maybe it's just a daytime. I
3: guess. Yeah, no. The fifteen dollars mm-hmm. is if you don't do any of the attractions, you can just go there.
0: Why go there?
3: Because uh, you're you like in law makes you go, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> uh, for example,
4: there's a lot of actors to pay.
3: Yeah, I it's guess. Okay. Yeah, there were That's a lot of true. people stalking. Wait, around. actors? Yeah, there's like people stalking around and they scare you.
4: Walk us through it. Yes,
0: yeah,
3: so you go. <laughs> <laughs> They take a chunk out of your bank account, (laughs) and then that's (laughs) the first thirty-five (laughs) dollar account And then and and then you go in, and uh, there's so there's certain attractions. I think that's four or five of them that are included in in the thirty-five dollar ticket. Yep, uh, that you can go to, and also you can go to them once each. They cross off your bracelet. Oh, like you, so, like and like who's doing the? who's yeah. like waiting an hour in Where line to do the haunted hayride twice, and like, no one is doing that. It's like an extra slap in the face. There's a haunted hayride, there's a haunted house, there's a graveyard, and there's something. Okay, you do all those once and wait in line, and then there's you know you got your classic overpriced food places, and so, yeah. that, and then there's like Freddy Krueger and other people like walking around jumping out of bushes. Which oh. is kind of cool.
1: Okay,
3: that's that was your favorite part. It sounds like yeah, my favorite part was watching other people get oh, okay. scared. It's okay. hilarious. Did you, I, did you find it scary yourself? Yeah, it's crazy scary. I, I really and you know what? I also, I realized as I was there, I really just like spending money, and I also really just like scary stuff. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't hate want scary do <laughs> like scary stuff. Like, why am I here? It's this horrible. is a real
0: nightmare for you. <laughs> yeah.
3: But uh, I'm sure some people. My wife really liked it. People. I like it, obviously, because it was really packed. Oh, yeah. It was like, we waited like an hour in line for the Haunted Hayride. Sure. Wow. Well, so that okay. okay. But yeah, that's going on, and you should go if you want to. All right. <laughs> uh, the 20, uh, 2014 deaf Dart Championships are happening next Wednesday on Carling Avenue somewhere. It's a travel lodge. Oh, a travel lodge. Right. What could possibly go wrong when people who can't hear duck... Oh, can't hear the phrase duck <laughs> are milling around while sharp objects are being thrown. Deaf darts did not know that was yeah. a sport. I didn't either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh sorry, this is a second tag to this joke. This idea is actually an improvement over last year's choice of winter sporting event, the blind biathlon. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, I like that. One. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, I I had no idea this was an event, but this is a big deal apparently.
3: Yeah. I
0: don't know. Something.
3: Uh, and that is what is going down in the Bytown. There you
0: go. Alex, have you been to any of these events? Tripping treating um, at Rito Hall? Um, I've been red to blocks, red blocks,
4: I've been to Saunders Farm. Okay. Not this year, but I've previously been at least A twice. Year. Sorry, That's, <laughs> you're being an idiot. That's fine. Do you enjoy it? Sorry. <laughs> uh, what did you think of it? Uh, similar to Keegan. Actually, oh. I don't like scary movies. Yes. I don't like yeah, being scared. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like waiting in line. Yeah, so. it's
0: the worst. That's the scariest part. <laughs> so Keegan had his excuse. What was your excuse for going? You you knew what you were in for. You're in for lines was, and scary things. Maybe not. Well,
4: I was really? curious. Yeah. You're curious. curious. You have to check if it out. We talked about mazes. I thought the, ma- but the mazes are closed at night.
3: Yeah. When man. I got
4: there. Oh no! I know.
3: Oh. <laughs> Something
4: about not getting lost. i <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> Yeah,
3: exactly. I don't think they understand
0: mazes. <laughs> it's not how it works. Uh, I haven't been amazed in a long time. Yeah. Uh, night
4: yeah. No, night, Nocturne, though, I'm going to that one. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I haven't been to the Halloween one because last year it sold out, but I've been to the other one, a few of the other ones, and yeah. I really like it.
0: Yeah, It's, it's a good yeah. time. I mean, you get to roam around the museum. There's something about going around a museum with a beer. It's kind of yeah. nice. Uh, but yeah, they, they turned a bunch of areas into dance floors and things, eh? And, uh, yeah,
4: so if you don't like the music in one area, you can go to another area. So too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. We've also talked about how the the price point's a bit higher than a club or something, but it it gets at, it's less grungy than a lot of yeah. places I've been to. <laughs> yeah, you know? there's yeah, like yeah. old like middle aged people there and people are just like more civil. Yeah. There's yeah. a higher caliber of sweaty person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun so yeah. that's cool you ever done ever done deaf darts
4: no I haven't Just
3: <laughs> wear earplugs I, I don't
4: understand why it would be such a like niche group like do you have know. to be deaf or that, do they put earplugs no no I, you have to you, have to, you, I, <laughs> you have to,
0: no you, that's the thing the you have you. to be deaf <laughs> and yeah. like I don't know I mean I'm not sure if it has something to do with Balance. Yeah.
3: Oh, but, I didn't think about that.
0: But I, 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 don't know. Like, I, I don't know what separates this from from what I would call everyday dance. <laughs>
1: no, I think you know. I, I don't. I think it's just a group of people. They say that it's you're you're uh, going for the title of the nation's deaf community. So you're trying to. Be the best, but it's a it's a community that provides oh, see. a championship between them, right? So there's nothing tactical No, about being dev. No, oh, okay. I don't think it makes it harder or easier, or anything. Okay, it's just okay. That Interesting. No,
0: there's that. Oh, here's that. Uh, so that said, um, okay. So you've been to Saunders Farm. You've been to Nature Nocturne. What? Uh, no. What? What are what are other things you like? Uh, about ottawa in terms of you know things you've gone to or not necessarily events but just things about ottawa
4: uh so i really like uh, the green belt and i really like all the sports you can do sort of in ottawa yeah. uh, uh like i'm big in there's a couple summer sports i like tennis or uh volleyball biking um and then in the winter though i'm I really like cross-country skiing and downhill skiing and skating, and so it was really great for that.
0: Yeah, um, um, nice list of things going.
4: Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, same, yeah. I just find like I used to play competitive tennis growing up, so oh, you did. Yeah, okay. I-, I won the city championships when I was nineteen. So, wow, no uh, big deal. No big deal. <laughs> 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 I just trained for like twelve years to do it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, like, there's tons. Like, I know a lot of the tennis clubs in the city, and uh, there's just a lot of great people. Um, I recently got into squash. I think the RA Center is great. Yeah. Um, and then, in terms of cross country skiing, I've been getting more into it. My one of my friends I work with uh, used to compete, and uh, so she takes me out to Gatineau and the trails there are fantastic. And there's actually one thing. Um, she showed me last year Uh, we sort of went on a double date for uh, Valentine's Day and we went cross country skiing at night in Gano and what they have is they have like these cabins like every few kilometers Right, yes that like have a fireplace in them Right and so you can like just cross country ski for like an hour and a half and like get to this cabin and there's a fire in there and there's people sitting there talking to candlelight and people bring board games and they bring like treat. brie cheese and like warm it up on the stove oh, and like neat. have a snack
0: wait th- these are just random people
4: yeah well I- i'm assuming they're like they're cross-country yeah,
0: i'm saying you didn't book this no
4: you didn't i didn't book it you can just
0: walk into a cabin
4: yeah wow yeah That's you can just walk cool. into this cabin and it's really cozy and it's just candlelight and a fireplace in the middle with like wooden uh, like tables and chairs around oh, yeah. and uh, and people all doing their own thing and then if you want to keep going you can keep going to another one so um, yeah I really like that that sounds
0: really neat yeah. I've never heard of that
4: so yeah. and this is
0: these are like in the summer those are the hiking trails right like yeah uh
4: yeah, I guess they're the hiking or mountain bike trails. Both. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: mainly, yeah, walking or mountain biking, I guess. But.
4: Yeah, the trail we took was, like, a, a wide trail, so it's meant for skate skiing, and uh, yeah, I think it was an hour, hour and a half max to get to, like, the first cab. There's actually <laughs> two cabins there you could choose from. One's, like, a really small, intimate one, and then the other one was, like, a bigger one, and, uh, and then apparently, my friend says that they're every couple of kilometers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So...
0: I, and, and all those cabins are open or only select cabins? Because there's a ton of cabins out there.
4: I'm assuming the ones like at night, the ones close, like within a reasonable distance. Oh, like, you know, actually, like, that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Uh,
4: but I'm not like 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: that's cool. Um, so, so, how many cabins have you hit up? I just saw those too. I haven't, two. Those <laughs> two. I
4: haven't gone since, but
3: I <laughs> no, really want
0: to no, go again yeah. this year. <laughs> Very it's cool. on the list. Very cool. Okay, that's cool. Um, tennis. So. I well, we all have played tennis, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, before. Obviously, <laughs>
2: <laughs> none of us are city champions. None
0: of us are yeah, even close. Them. But we use the public courts. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine you've signed up for clubs. Have you?
4: Yeah, I have. But I must say, this year I, I played on public courts too because, mm-hmm. okay, I like membership. You know, is isn't free.
2: that yeah. works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: and unless you're gonna play more than ten times, it's not uh, necessary. It might not necessarily be beneficial. Exactly. Yes. Um, this year, I just happened to be busy, and I knew I wasn't gonna play more than five times, so I just went to the public courts. But um, from experience, like I, I really think, like the private courts, they are better and the atmosphere is like way better Mm -hmm. and if you do have the time to play like you can just stop by the club like sit at the picnic table someone else shows up you decide to hit with them um there's sort of like this community feel you get to know the workers um and there's tournaments and like leagues and like if you don't have other partners to play with it's easy to find more people Ah. and it's like a it sort of creates its own like sort of community feel yeah uh so i Really like that, and um, yeah. If once I'm out, done training, I don't have to study all the time, <laughs> then I plan to definitely sign up um, and start playing more regularly and get back into tennis. So is it
1: a yearly membership that
4: you pay? Uh, most so there's there's summer only clubs, mm-hmm. and then there's clubs that are have covered courts. Um, winter membership is usually separate from the summer because more people right. want to sign up for the summer, and summer yes. is like bang for buck, like way better because you don't have to pay court fees you only pay like 150 bucks or whatever for the summer versus the winter you pay like $400 Four hundred dollars for the winter, plus every time you pay, you pay like forty bucks for the Ooh, court. Wow! So it like oh, that's gross. Yeah, <laughs> really. And then like you're paying for the balls too. Like obviously, yeah. And it, but like it just all adds up. Like every time you pay is it, almost like fifty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow! So it gets really expensive really fast. Yeah, I'm not
1: that into tennis. Yeah, <laughs> the summer one for 150, you can just go whenever you want. Yeah. Basically.
4: So then it's a great deal, yeah. and like. Especially like if you're a high school student or undergrad and you have the time off, like you yeah. can really capitalize on that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What uh what is summer? May to August inclusive, I guess?
4: Uh, usually the courts open May and they usually close September. September, okay. And October it starts to get like the ball won't bounce That's that well. Yeah.
3: Huh. What about restaurants? I know that you like to.
4: Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm a bit of a foodie after living in Montreal. Um, so just uh, my favorite restaurants in town, I wanted to plug. Yeah, uh, yeah. Frasier Cafe, I really like them. Uh, Black Cat on uh, um, Preston Street, I really heard of like that. them. Uh, yeah. Moon Room on Preston Street.
3: I've heard of that too. Yeah. I've been there. There you go. <laughs> it's a yeah.
4: great date place. Oh. <laughs> Very intimate. Like, okay.
3: It's too cool for me.
4: I
2: felt like <laughs> <drawer>. <laughs>
4: cool.
3: Yeah, like, everyone was, like, cool and, like, sipping these, like, 1920s cocktails. Right. Yeah. I have like, khakis on. Ah, <laughs> it just felt weird. As you we do? All right. It is very, very cool. So you walked it, over to Pub Italia. Yeah, exactly. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah,
4: 268 is just down the street Four, now. i yeah, exactly. uh, Preston. Yeah. I used to live on Preston, so. Oh, nice, <laughs> yeah. There you
3: go. I like I've also been to 268, cool. and it's amazing. Yeah, there it's go. awesome.
4: Okay, That's sweet. Good. Um, then and then Westboro like uh, gastropub, gazelle like uh, like those places. Oh, I discovered Ola Cucina in Beechwood. It's like a taco place. So oh. you know how El Camino is like the next biggest thing in yeah, Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But every time you try to go, there's, like, a two-hour wait, yep. and, mm-hmm. like, it's completely unreasonable. Sure. Yeah. Um Well, there's this place in Beachwood called Ola Kachina, and they essentially have the same concept where it's, like, small little tacos, uh, but they have, like, way more different flavors and way more variety and no lineup. Right. And they're oh. really good. So they oh. have, like, a duck taco, and then they have, like, a tandoori chicken. They have octopus. They have regular fish. They oh. have, like, pork. Then they have pork and – or, like – pineapple and pork and they mm. have almost 20 little mini like fancy tacos uh with various original ingredients and okay I recommend that place Ola Oh Ola Kachina
3: might be uh that's cool an Ottawa at first you heard it here first yeah, yeah. yeah. heard yeah. here first that's there
0: we
4: cool. go cool alright um
0: we can finish off <laughs> with two back to back segments oh, yeah. yeah I think we have to yeah uh, I like. In other circumstances, I'd say let's skip Classic Ottawa, but I, I was kind of happy with what we had written. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: no
0: let's do uh, Classic Ottawa. Rob, why don't, why don't you explain what that is and then go ahead.
1: All right. So uh, Classic Ottawa is our news segment, local news. Things have been going on in the last week, I guess. And so first up, last night, uh, Today, was, today's Tuesday, so Monday – Uh, Jim Watson won. He was re-elected in the 2014 municipal election as mayor with 76% of the vote. And while that seems like a lot, with the low voter turnout, 76% actually translates to about nine votes. (laughs) But still, congratulations. Congrats,
0: of course. All right, Jim. Jim's my boy. As an aside, quickly, yeah, he made a brilliant video called Hall of Cards, Parody of House of Cards. I, that, yeah. I encourage everybody to check that out. It was it was stellar. Stellar is the only word I have. Let's to. link it. Yeah, Where's we'll you? put a link to it. Let's link it. Okay,
1: done. Go ahead. Uh, so up next, an Orleans couple was den- denied financial compensation by the Supreme Court of Canada after they sued Air Canada for violating their French language rights. When they asked why they thought they lost their court case, the disappointed plaintiffs responded that their arguments were not properly comprehended due to
3: the language barrier.
1: That's just inconvenient. <laughs>
3: <laughs> plaintiff's the right word there, right? I think so. I wrote that and I didn't check it. Well, it's a court case. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are not a defendant, right? No. No, Eric no, a defendant. <laughs> I think that's right. I'm not lawyer, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not. This is just... Keep going. No, no, no. <laughs> But this is the grown up version of English people complaining that Ottawa U favors French people, but in reverse. There we go. It's fair. It's fair. So, it's U Ottawa, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ottawa U's you in want, Kansas. You want to get real pedantic about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, up next, Ottawa's own Windmill Developments announced plans to put up the city's first commercial condo tower at Spark Street and Bronson Avenue. According to the news release, this will give organizations an opportunity to build equity. And according to the public reaction, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what
3: that means. Oh, that's right. commercial condo. Build <laughs> <Fills> equity.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's switch right to our uh, my my favorite segment at the very least, speed round. I don't know, Alex, if we even told you that we're going to do this. But what what Speed Round is is a segment where we just barrage you with questions, give you a barrage of questions. I don't know how to use the word barrage, but one of those two (laughs) works. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty easy. Just answer whatever comes to the top of your head. We're going to put two minutes on the clock. Rob has it ready already. And uh, if you are uncomfortable with any questions, which you shouldn't be because we generally try to be nice to the guests. Okay. Remember, guys, be nice to the guests. Um, you can say pass if you need to.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So, Rob, I'll let you start the clock and start the questions.
1: Okay. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, favorite TV show?
4: Um, <laughs> uh, Battlestar Galactica. Nice.
3: Uh, the best kind of dancing. Stop. Tango Oh nice Favorite TV doctor House
4: Favorite culture Polish Polish <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Favorite form of facial hair oh. If any
4: Oh I like Stubbly Oh nice ah, yeah. okay.
3: uh, What's
1: your favorite movie of all time
4: uh, Fifth Element Who
0: here has the nicest ears
4: Probably you. I'm on. Uh, yeah. you yeah. More, not me. Thank you. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs>
3: uh, least favorite place in Ottawa?
4: Least favorite place? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any place with long lineups.
1: Yeah. yeah I wait <laughs> well, that's <laughs> funny.
4: <laughs> Costco on a Sunday. <laughs>
1: What's your ideal pizza in terms of toppings?
4: Oh, uh, mushroom. I really like Pizza Fiazza, actually. They have a really good mushroom pizza. Cool. What's your next vacation spot? Probably Cuba because it's affordable.
3: nice Who's your hero?
4: Uh, in terms of
3: anything, anything. First thing come to mind.
4: Uh, anything hero? <laughs> anything hero? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I actually had this question in, me- in my med school interview, and oh, I was like, "No, this
0: no, no. <laughs> doesn't to me a doctor." <laughs> That's fine.
4: <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. He's superhero, Superman. Yeah, oh, like a
0: nice. that works. Yeah, <laughs>
1: everybody's got a hero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> What's the room in your house you spend the most time aside from sleeping?
4: Oh, definitely like the couch. Uh, <laughs> living room. Living room.
0: Yeah. If they built an elevator to space, would you take it
4: to space?
0: <laughs> Anywhere to space? Yes. No. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like <laughs> that, there, there's actually the rumor is that they're they. They found a, a way that it could be feasible. Oh I don't know God. where they take it to the that- space station or something. And I'm like, that doesn't make
4: sense. No, this makes no sense. I read an
0: article about two <laughs> who, or three weeks ago. Who spent. would do that? Was it uh, a I don't know. No, it I was not. It's it for was transporting automatic. stuff.
1: It's not necessarily. For, it's not like a. It's like a grain elevator. Like it raises stuff up. It's not but necessarily I mean, people.
3: I mean, normal elevators fail sometimes. It's true.
4: You're <laughs> right. call from
3: space. There's no <laughs> gravity. <laughs> I guess that's not well, true
4: <laughs> did you guys watch the Google guy like go yeah back he back. broke Felix oh, oh, Baumgartner's yeah. record yeah that's it
1: just two cool. years later so he
4: needed like a whole spacesuit just to go up that high yeah,
1: yeah.
4: imagine taking an elevator yeah.
0: up there yeah, yeah. Really? it's, it's it. air pressure controlled I have no idea <laughs> yeah, <I> just, <laughs> it's attached
1: to
3: the station yeah
1: that's it right. <laughs> <laughs> you're picturing a weather balloon on a string <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. I'm thinking
3: uh Oops. did long.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's finish it off. Um, do you have anything you want to plug at on?
4: Uh, you can read mypathologist.ca. Yeah, mypathologist.ca <laughs> okay. Um and yeah. Okay. Pathologists are great.
0: They are great. We care
4: As even though we don't see patients firsthand. we care. Okay. And we try our best to help our doctor uh the frontline doctors treat patients right.
3: There you go. And what was the taco place?
4: Uh,
3: Ola Cocina. Ola, Ola. Cocina. try on. to spell it so
4: <laughs> O-L-A C-O-C-I-N-A yes. there
0: you go spelled for you Keegan we're gonna give this back to you and if you mess this up you're not only not able to do this segment but you're kicked off the podcast
3: <laughs> I just emailed how do they find I just emailed someone yep. that they can find us at www Yep. dot podcast dot com Taking on, everybody. I would, nice I would say dossier because that's obviously <laughs> what it should be. And, Rob, where <laughs> else can they find
1: us? Uh, they can find us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ottawa Podcast. And Stitcher. Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Ottawa Podcast. We're
0: kind of a they, big uh, deal. <laughs> Stitcher Radio just
1: got bought by a company called Deezer. And they so they do. I think it's music, and then Stitcher does talk radio and podcasts. And now so it's big audio, internet. an internet audio conglomerate. It's one letter off from Diesel. No, it's not. I don't know how to spell it. D-E-E-Z-E-R. <laughs> oh, I spelled that wrong.
0: That said, uh, also, as we always mention, there's a feedback form on our website that Keegan mentioned, autowhatpodcast.com. And uh, feel free to fill that out because, yeah, we, uh, we're we now at a point where we might actually read some of this stuff out. On we will definitely here. read if you leave a review. I'm, I'm very intrigued. So, anyway, there's something. So, uh, that said... Alex, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, If nothing else, we learned a ton. We did. But on top of that, we had a lot of fun. So thanks again for joining us. And uh, we're going to finish off with you saying auto what? You can sing it. You can draw it out. You can do whatever you want. Just say it, and we'll cut it afterwards. Okay.
2: Auto what?